Yo, it's Alex Terranova, and welcome to Flip the Lens, where Brie Holland, London Papa Michael, and myself smash down the walls of perfection, performance, and looking good to dive face first into deeply vulnerable and personal conversations where we expose and explore what it means to be authentic and how to succeed in a world desperate for a facade. Welcome back to Flip the Lens. This is Alex Terranova. We got London Papa Michael. What's up, London? Good morning. How you doing? I'm great. And we have a special guest host today. So Bree Holland, who's normally with us, who's who's a regular fixture, if you've been listening, and uh, me and London's the 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 third leg of the of the stool um, is not feeling so well. So we went out and we were like, who do we know that's like super authentic and putting their voice in the world and likes to get vulnerable and is willing to like do the work and have conversations out loud and in public and be real about it, whether it's embarrassing, scary, fearful, doesn't make them look good. And we actually thought of a friend of ours who I met through London, but then also we realized we had all these mutual connections here in San Diego. So our third our third leg of the stool today is Nick Kane. Hey, Nick, what's up? Hello. Thanks for having me, y'all. I'm so yeah. excited to be here. And she's in studio with me. And let me tell you a little bit about her. So besides the fact that she is like a ray of light and energy and just kind of steps into spaces and glows and shines, um, she's a consultant. She works with female entrepreneurs who are faith-based, stuck, and want to move the needle forward. Is there anything you want people to know about you like before we jump into our topic today? Um, I have no filters. <laughs> I don't, that does, I, <laughs> yeah, nothing is off limits in conversation with me. Um, and I think I learned that over many, many years of hiding and being sheltered and shamed by who I was in my past. And now I realize that I absolutely love who I am. I'm continuing to grow and learn. And so being with both of you on the, on the show, uh, is just such a perfect place because I think you guys are the exact same way. And so I'm just really excited for conversation and to see what comes of this and what golden nuggets we can drop and what people are going to get from it because we're real, raw, and authentic. <laughs> nice. I One of the things I know about you, and I don't know the whole story, is the life you live, like the faith-based, driven leadership li li life that you live now is like mm -hmm. a polar opposite of yeah. the way you used to show up and live in the world from... Straight up sex, partying, drugs, all the things. Yeah. And I think London and I have aspects of that in different ways. Um, but I think that's one of the cool things about this podcast. Brie has that too. Like we're all people that were living a completely different life. And we didn't, and none of us are for the same reasons. It's not like right. all of us found God or something. We all have a different reason for why we decided the reason we were, the way we were living wasn't working for us and we had to change. Mm -hmm. So welcome. Thanks. Let's jump into this episode. Um, so the thing I wanted to talk about today that I, that I told you guys about is this idea of like how we show up kind of creates the, the world that we live in. So I got this idea. I'm reading this new book called The Three Laws of Performance. And there's a line in it where they basically say how people perform correlates to how situations occur to them. And forget about that quote, but what I got from that quote was this idea that let's take performance not as like success or how good you're doing, but let's take performance in just the way you arrive into an environment, the way you show up in a room, the way you meet your partner, the way you, the way you handle things at work. And the way things uh, correlate or occur to you are like the, the filters or the lenses that we see the world. So 
I'll give I'll give you guys kind of an example to start with. Uh, four or five years ago, it might even be longer than that now. Man, it's probably like actually six ish years ago. Um, I hadn't had a breakthrough around spirituality or religion, and I was still carrying around a, my very childlike belief about it. And I'm still not a religious person. I'm very spiritual. But at that time, I couldn't be with any of it. Like, mm -hmm. if you brought up God, I was, like, angry, couldn't have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, I was engaged to and dating someone who was Greek Orthodox. And I remember we would, like, go to church, and I would be like, I don't want to be here. I don't like these people. Like, in my head, I wasn't saying that out loud. But I was like, people that are religious are fill-in-the-blank. And for me, that was like sheep, they're, you know, they cause all the problems in the world, they're, you know, they don't like other people of other religions, there's no freedom, it's like fear-based, all these things. Well, I agreed to go with her to mm -hmm. church, and instead of actually working out all that stuff and showing up with like an open mind and like, let me just listen, what can I get out of this, I showed up. And as it was going on, I would like whisper like little jokes in her ear. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I thought I was being cute and funny. And I thought humor was the way I was like changing my energy. But in reality, humor was her feeling like I was disrespecting the situation because I, because my energy or my being or my, um, the lens or the perspective that I was showing up was that other lens. And so then we would get in a fight, mm -hmm. the situate, the, 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 event, the church event would be basically terrible because we would get in a fight and then I would walk away and she would walk away being like, wow, this sucks. This is even worse than we thought it was. So because of it, I, sh I made it the way that I thought it would be. And if I had decided to bring a different energy, a different attitude, a different perspective to the situation, it all would have gone totally differently. And so since we have Nick here in the studio, mm -hmm. right, you, you, and I think we have subconscious perspectives, like yeah. you were coming here today and there's probably thoughts in your mind of what it's going to be like, how you have yeah. to show up. Like, what are you thinking about this topic, this idea? Uh, I love it because I think I spent so many years n showing up in the area of how people wanted me to show up or thinking that I either had to look a certain way, say a certain thing, act a certain way. If not, then I wouldn't be approved or I wouldn't be liked or loved or I wouldn't close the deal um, or I would use very similar, I would use humor to cover up my actual feelings. So I would be sassy and make sarcastic jokes and in turn, it actually hurt people not realizing that I was taking a dig at that. And I would leave those events, not always necessarily in a fight, but sometimes, and I would feel like crap. Like I would just not, I'm like, that's not who I am. That's not how this was supposed to go yet. Where in the line did that change? Where in the line did I allow my mind to not actually understand what the reality of the situation was and to just be open to the situation and scenario and try to come in and create something, whether it's positive or negative, but then not also understand that there's room for things to move, right? There's there's an end result, but the vehicle and how you get there can always change. So the atmosphere or the expectation of it, you know, we can still get that blessing, we can still get a great outcome, but we have to be open to what that looks like and why and how it's happening and how it's showing up and how it's being delivered. So I think with you, you're like, if I had just had an open mind, if I had just kind of said, take two seconds, breathe about it, think maybe from someone else's perspective and go in and take it for face value. And I think that also comes into the play of we're constantly seeking what the destination is, not actually being right here in the now moment where it's like, okay, well, what is this going to sound like? And what is it going to look like? And how is the setup going to be walking into the, into the interview and coming on their show? What can I expect? And I'm like, why not just go be, 
don't worry about what I'm wearing. Don't worry about what I look like. Don't worry about what I say. There's a reason that they asked me to be here today and to show up. It's because I've constantly shown up as who I am and let it flow and be happy with it. And people will gain and get something from it in whatever way that they do. Yeah, too. I love your both of your perspectives on this. Uh, the thing that comes to mind most is um, when I'm uh, the failing restaurant in Florida. You know, I'm seven months in. I'm broke every way possible. So I have a chance to live with a friend in New York and uh, he's got his own personal training business. And I'm like, I'm going to chase another passion, which is fitness. But I've never been to New York. I'm from South Carolina. I'm well traveled, though. I'm not your typical guy from the South. Like I got style. I've you know, I've been to Boston. I've been to Chicago like I don't have that much of an accent. You know, I'm I'm a smart dude, blah, blah, blah. But I call my dude in New York. I'm like, hey, man, how am I going to do in New York? You know, what's it like to make friends? I got this little bit of an accent. You know, I got this beard. I'm from the South. You know, how are people going to perceive me? How are, How's it going to be for me, man? What's dating like for a guy like me? You know, and he's like, hold up, dude. Tell yourself it's going to be amazing and it's going to be fucking amazing. Mm. Tell yourself like so don't let that little voice in your head take over. Because it's easy for me to show up in New York and be like, oh, fuck, what am I doing? You know, like, it's cool. It's my mom's favorite city, but I really don't know what I'm doing here. I've never been on a train, subway, whatever. These big buildings, I don't know anybody. You know, I only have so much money in the bank because I'm broke. Um, But I decided to, you know, tell myself it was going to be great. And it turned out to be the best decision I ever made, which propelled me to move to L.A. I, I love that you all that you threw in so many layers just now of right. stories upon stories, upon stories, upon stories, Yeah, like the facts in the situation that you just described were, I was born in a, in the South, basically I'm a guy from the South and there's a place called New York. That's the biggest city, basically that's it. And you were going to move there. Everything else, what are people like there? What are guys like me like? What are people in the South like? I love that you just said it like so unfiltered. Like that, those were just your thoughts you just unveiled mm-hmm. to us. But in actuality, if you listen to the thoughts, if somebody, if you wanted to take a second as you're listening to this and replay what, and we, you could do this with all of us all the time, mm-hmm. our speaking is layered with all these filters yeah. of what we think about the world mm-hmm. that is not true. Yep. I just had a, um, I was working with a client the other day and we were talking about money. And I asked her to, in one box, write all the facts about her life and money. And in the other box, write all the stories about her life and money. And she texted me a picture. And we we're like having this conversation. And I go, hey, will you bring up that picture of that you then she does? And we walked through all the facts. Mm-hmm. None of them were facts. No, one was. The amount of debt she had, the dollar amount of debt she right. had was actually a fact. Right. Like how much she she didn't have how much she made where when I go and so we walk through all the other things like I am abundant. That's not a fact like compared to who. Right. Right. It's that's a perspective like I'm poor. That's not a fact compared to who, you know, um, money stressful to me. That's not a fact. Like it might feel that way, but it's a perspective. Right. And, and I could do this with myself. It's not about this like special client like. I think what what just showed up in in this conversation is how often we do that is that we're making up stories about life 100% of the time mm-hmm. and then we're living into that because if I think if my thing is that money is a stressful topic well money comes up all day long right so now it has to be because that's it's it's almost like um if if we put on yellow glasses the whole world looks yellow, right? Right. But to us, it would just look the way that it looks. But everyone else would go, dude, you're wearing yellow glasses. Right. 
What's the worst way that you guys have seen this show up? Like the way that it's been like, oh man. Like, is there one you can think of that you're just like, oh, if I just change Every my perspective. Every single dating scenario. <laughs> Dude, I'm a female, which means I'm bat-ish crazy. So. <laughs> There's one right there, right? Like females are. Right. So yeah, no, you know what? I cancel that because I'm not, I'm, I'm real, but I've created these scenarios. Okay. So fact, I've been cheated on. Perception Every single person is going to cheat on me. I can't trust them, right? So it's looking at that where then it goes into the spiral. Well, who are they texting? What are they saying? What are their real thoughts? Are there re actual conversations, right? Well, I've been stolen from, you know what I mean? They've gone to my person, stolen money. Okay, well then how can you really trust anybody? How can you do X, Y, and Z? So, I mean, and that still is stuff for me as a female working through, right? And having that. So, but yeah, that happens all the time. Let me flip the lens. <laughs> Please. So, I this is the last. I'll tell you the last time I was my uh, most inauthentic self, and when I the last time I will follow a crowd. I'm bartending bartending at a club in Santa Monica, and they want to turn it into a TV show, like a Jersey Shore, but like mm -hmm. a more respectful version. Of how there's still a family, but we have the chaos of getting kids drunk. Well, you know, kids that are 21, whatever, college kids, and the chaos that comes with service industry, which could be funny and all that bullshit, but. I'm thinking in the back of my mind, because I'm the new guy, they're like, oh, you got a good look, you got a beard, you got the accent, you'll be a good dynamic for the show. So, which was cool, and I, I wanted to make friends and, like, make the new group like me, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, how the fuck is me being on a TV show getting college kids drunk till 2 a.m., helping me step on stage and talk with Steve Weatherford, talk with Nick, talk to Alex, with Les Brown, and be on that level. It's the opposite of what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. I should have, and it, I wasn't trying to be fake. And again, I was trying to be helpful. I was trying to get them to like me, but in the back of my mind, I was like, dude, you're kind of wasting their time, man. Just tell them, hey guys, I'd love to hang out with you every now and then. We're gonna, I, I, obviously when we work together, I think you guys are great, but I don't need to be on camera because it's counterproductive with what I'm trying to do. I'm not better than you. I, I don't think what you're doing is wrong. It is just not going down the path that I wanna go, but I ended up being the nice guy and kind of inauthentically, I showed up that day and it was fun and I got drunk and I felt like shit the next day. And I was like, fuck, I just wasted my time and I kind of wasted their time. And I will never do that. I'll do my best, knock on wood, to never show up and go follow the path or a group of people, which nothing that they're doing is wrong. It's just not what I'm trying to do, man. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to be on a TV show and do that kind of shit. I'm trying to do the opposite. And I got to call myself out respectfully. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's part of like figuring out who we are too, mm -hmm. right? Like if we don't actually do things that have us realize that, then we don't know because yeah. there's no, I always joke like you weren't born with like your mom didn't, your, when you were born, your mom didn't get like a little pamphlet that came with you. Right. Like this is exactly what you should do with this human. Right. This It's all like, we're, we're all like figuring it out, which I think like there are no mistakes. Right. Because the only mistake would be not paying attention to the way, you know, to being not conscious, not being aware. Right. Because if you're not aware, if you can't see something, you can't change it. Correct. You can't have it go different. Um, I'm thinking about like the um, – you both made me think about like situations. And I, I've done – I did actually some reality TV when I was in the restaurant and hospitality business. And I look back sometimes at those videos. Mm-hmm. And I was an asshole. Not only was I an asshole just in life, but I was an asshole on 
TV. And I remember, and it was in a way it was conscious because I remember yeah. showing up on set the first, I was on the show called America's Next Great Restaurant, which was like this, it was this show on uh, NBC that was about like entre- restaurant restaurant tours with their ideas, ba- basically top chef, but restaurant tours instead of chefs. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting there and looking at the set and looking at the people and being like, I'm going to be the bad guy. If I'm the bad guy, I'll go further than mm. everyone. And these people are nice and they're like all like all about like doing. And I'm like been in the restaurant business. I know how to do this. I can be the bad guy and I can still be successful. Yeah. And it's fine. I don't I don't like regret it or anything. I, I had so much fun. It was like some of the most fun I've ever had. And when I look back, I'm like, man, that's not who I am. Like from ego, it is mm-hmm. like talking shit, making fun of people, focused on them, not on me. And I think what if I actually get really conscious of it, it made it easier to be on TV because mm. I didn't have to worry about who I like, who I really was like coming off with the camera or what people would think of me because hmm. I was telling everyone what to think of me. Right. He's an asshole. So when I read online, people are like, that guy, Alex, is an asshole. Well, that's OK, because I said I it made you think that. Yeah. I so I so I that. I. Not only did I create a, the, I used part of my personality and then put put steroids into it, mm-hmm. basically, but it protected me from criticism, right? Because what if I had shown up as my authentic self, and then people were like, "Oh, he's dumb, he's a jerk, he's an asshole, he's righteous, whatever," mm-hmm. then it would have been like just open, like the the bulletproof vest would have been off, yeah. and it would have actually it could have hurt. Yeah, I that's how I lived like thirty one years of my life. In every aspect, no matter where you showed up, whatever, if it was a networking event, if it was with friendships, if it was in dating, if it was even with my family, showing up of just being like, well, if I create this persona, ultimately, then no matter what they say, it can't hurt me. It can't harm me. It can't do anything because I allowed them to think that. I allowed them to see that. And what I realized is I was 10 times more in pain. I was 10 times more miserable and at rock bottom and horrible because now I show up and I'm like, well, if they don't like me, then that's okay because I'm at least being the truest form of who I am in every single aspect. And and I also look at that of going, I don't have to like everybody. I do, however, have to love everyone. I can love them from a different distance. I can have, I have to have respect as another human. I have to see them as a spirit the way that for me, the way that God and Jesus sees them to go, we all make mistakes. We all have a past. We all have that. However, it doesn't mean that I got to snuggle up and be buddy, buddy with you and have a conversation every single day, but I can love and respect that you're going kind of like how London said, that's cool. That's your route. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to criticize you. But I'm going to be over here doing this because it's not the right path for me. So it's kind of that same thing. But that's what's allowed me to have the authenticity to even sit here and have conversations with you and go, whatever comes out, it flows through me authentically. If I do something wrong, even like not wrong, but per se, I was on a phone call yesterday and I got a text and I got distracted and I looked at it. And so to me, I wasn't as focused on the phone call anymore. And I was like, I didn't like how I showed up. So I immediately texted that person because then we got off the phone and I'm like, I'm really sorry. That was disrespectful to you. But the old me would have just like crumbled and been like, well, whatever, or it's not a big deal, or I'm too embarrassed to even apologize and not show up as my authentic self. But the real me is like, no, that was just not cool. So how do I acknowledge it? How do I have self-awareness of what I did and how do I change that now and nip it in the butt immediately? Yeah, 100%. I was probably the most inauthentic I've ever been uh, in college. 
when I didn't play football anymore, I was just going to school and I was working at Hollister for five fifty an hour and I started hanging out with the wrong people. And I was just getting angrier with how my mom's relationship with my uh, ex-stepfather, that uh, marriage was falling apart and like not talking to my dad and just kept thinking well, something's wrong with me. So I just built up this chip on my shoulder and you could just feel my negative energy when I'd walk in a room and I would be this real Jekyll and Hyde with emotions. And mostly I'd just be kind of like down and out and feel like everybody was against me. And it really sucked because that's not who I am and who I never was for the longest, you know, for 20 some years. And, uh, you know, I put on this weight and I was partying all the time and man, we had fun getting drunk and stoned and eating good sushi. But like when you wake up the next day and you have $150 out of your account, you feel like shit. I'm just like, who am I and what am I doing? And, you know, but I guess sometimes you got to go through those things to find out who you are and what you're about. And thankfully I had a cousin that looked, you know, that was like a big brother and he looked me in my eyes and said, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like Mm -hmm. you're better than this. You're too young and, uh, you needed to get it together. And, uh, that was a big turning point for me to really like find out who I was and uh, get on a better path of who I hung out with and how I took care of myself, my mind and my body. And uh, it really propelled me to, uh, you know, really be get back to being the real me. I want to, I want to introduce one other thing before we wrap up this episode, which is um, because we've all basically been talking about how it all can change. If we get aware, if we're like, well, why am I, showing up like this? Why am I talking like this? Why am I acting like this? And that's like the biggest thing. That's the, if you're listening to this and like really taking it in and you're like, wait, what do I do? That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Just notice, like notice how you're showing up. Notice your attitude. Notice the lens, the perspective. It's going to be the hardest part because you can't, it's hard to see your own perspective, but really look at like, what's the attitude that I bring to these situations or to certain people. The thing that I want to kind of see if you guys have anything around is when we do this weird, tricky thing. I was having a conversation the other day with somebody who was in this thing of like, well, I don't really care how I look. We, we do this whole thing about like how this vanity thing of like women have to wear all this makeup and they get all dressed up and men got to look like this. And their attitude was kind of like, I'm like pushing against that. Like, I don't want to play into that system where looks matter so much. And it's really about what's inside of you. And I was like, it's bullshit though. And they kind of gave me this look. And I was like, if you didn't care how you looked, you'd shop probably at like Target or Walmart, whatever the cheapest is. No, no, I'm not hating on Target or Walmart, but like where you can just get bulk cheap clothes, it wouldn't matter. You could get dressed in the dark. They could not match. They might not fit. It would just cover your body basically. But you actually cultivate a look to make it look like you don't care, Mm -hmm. which is the opposite side of the coin of caring. It's just the, it's the, the, the swing goes forward and back. It's just the other side of the swing. You're using the same energy that I might put into how I look to look away. I want to look into looking the opposite for simply like going against it. And I think that's a, a really cool thing like that, that we do that we think is if you're like, I feel scarce about money, you can't just go now. I want to be abundant about money. It's just the opposite thing. It's mm-hmm. two sides of the same coin. And I think it's a really tricky way that we stay in the same conversation. And this is like pretty deep. I'm leaving us on a really deep spot. But um, if you're saying you don't do something and you push against it, consider it might be the exact same thing. You're spending the exact same perspective. You're just doing the opposite with your energy with it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's very powerful. That's a great point. You know, I've always said, I really respect the people that are unapologetically themselves. So if you walk around and you dress like a certain way, like Post Malone, 
he's got like, I'm always tired tattooed underneath his eyes. He's got barbed wire around his forehead. And hey, you listen to him in interviews and he sounds like an idiot, but he does not give a shit. And in a way, I kind of respect that. Mm-hmm. Or it's not kind of, I really do. But that I've never thought about it the way you presented it, Alex, of like, well, shit, if you're going the extreme opposite route, you're almost doing the same thing they're doing. And wow, dude, that just like punched me in the face. Wow. Right. I know. I got a lot to chew on after this. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, yeah, let's wrap up. Let's leave it right there. So thank you for listening. Nick, thank you for being here. Thank you uh, for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. I thanks, love it. thanks for jumping right in. Um, please subscribe comment, like, share this with your friends. Um, It's just another episode of Flip the Lens. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. It's not easy to create these episodes, but we know it's important. We need more real, open, and honest conversations because we know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, you're not alone. A life pretending isn't worth living. So please share this podcast with a friend and thanks for listening.